Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. of the show. This is Dr. Homebrew. Hope everyone doing is uh, out there doing okay. I'm a little mixed up today. It's, uh, still trying to move and do all my crap and, uh, you know, my brain hurts. Mm. You guys know how that goes, I'm sure. I'm tired. I drove 10 hours yesterday. 10 hours? Straight? Yeah, yeah we went up to the eclipse, so... All the way the to the eclip- sun? That's the fuck, eclip- or the moon. Apocalypse. Which one? Yeah, we Pretty, actually... The moon, right? Not the sun. Yeah, we wanted the eclipse to be bigger, so we flew up towards the moon while oh, okay. it was going on. All right, and how, how was that? It was pretty amazing, man. Did you get up to the totality or whatever? We did. We had a, like a minute okay. and ten seconds of totality in, in Prineville, Oregon. You, you take off your pants while... And ironically, all of our contestants come from Prineville today, I think. What was that? <laughs> Nothing. No. <laughs> but it was a good time. You had, uh, oh, you had fun. The kid, yeah, the kid had knew to, what was going on. It was it. a kid like a hiding because yeah. of, you know... Don't look at the sun. Don't look at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> they even went partially covered. Don't look at it. You had yeah. the uh, glasses? No, actually, the kid had to take a dump, right? Like two minutes before <laughs> totality was scheduled. Like, Daddy, I have to go. Um, okay. Um, can I wait? No. I need to go now. <laughs> so I'm in the bathroom with him, helping him out. Yeah. And, like, I'm tra- glancing at the door. It's still almost... And then I go back in and help him out and get him finished up. And then I, we walk out and it's pitch black. It's totality. And I'm, we both look straight up. And nice. it's like, oh man. Well, not straight up. But yeah. It was like 10, 20 in the morning there. So that's when you teach your kid the benefits oh, of clenching, man. I mean, come on. I, yeah, I don't see, I don't see, I, I don't think I would ever do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just, no, like, I would have been viewing totality with, ah, daddy, no, I'm oh, like stress. I would have been, around it would have been, would have been way worse. If it's dark, he could just take his pants off and just, like, put on the ground right there, you know? <laughs> and just let him plop out. Dude. I just pictured myself, like, you know, having spent thousands of dollars on the Airbnbs that they raised to astronomical rates, you Did know? And, and, yeah, it was, like, three times the cost. Wow. So, we, I mean, we took the leap of faith and got a three-bedroom three place. So, it was, yeah, it was a few a few bills. Uh, but I got some brewing buddies to go up there with me from the, the Nazis, and it was yeah. pretty fun. Okay, good. Fan, you know, um, one, one guy brought some family out from the East Coast. Okay. Yeah, they could have just gone down to Carolina there, but, you know, they came out this way instead. <laughs> hey, whatever, man. That's, but, that's all good. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Man, I, yeah. um, it was fun. I didn't do shit. I mean, I did. I tried. I built a uh, 
someone left a uh, Heineken box, not a Heineken box, a Lagunitas box. I yeah. get those two confused. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, why. Thank you for that. Um, and I tried to build like a viewer out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I had, you know, the offset, you, you look here in one side, but you have the, yeah. the pinhole on the other side of the thing. And um, I, I put the pinhole and I put it up and it was like getting kind of dark or kind of brown. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I can I can I can see, you know, those little crescent. And then um, I'm like, that's dope, dude. And then about, I don't know, 30 seconds later, I put it up and I see the little crescent again and it hasn't moved. And I'm like, huh. Cool. So about two minutes later, when everything started kind of lightening up again, I put it to my eye, and there's a little <laughs> crescent. I'm like, fuck, I fucking ruined the thing. I, I poked a hole, a kitty corner or you something. poked a crescent-shaped hole <laughs> Yeah, in and I'm viewer. just like, what did I just do? I just, I, so I have a permanent uh, yeah, partial been, eclipse now. Because all the time all right. you want it. I mean, just like, hey. What, in my Lagunitas well, box. For me, I didn't have to wear sunglasses. I, could, I just had the fog to protect me from the, the eclipse. <laughs> I just looked up, and there was the fog. Yeah. But I, I did break through for a minute and took a couple of pictures, and I was like, you know, showed it to my wife. And she's like, I can't even see it in those pictures. And I'm like, yeah. It is hard to uh, take pictures, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm t- like, you know, out in Oakley, which is where I live now, which is like 20 minutes away from my old house. Um, yep. It's, uh, you know, it was like perfectly bright and clear. But here in Concord, it was overcast. And so my wife was like taking pictures and she has, she, her pictures came out just fine. She could look right up at it because, you know, the clouds acted like a filter. And yeah. Um, she got to see it. I, I saw she the inside here, of a, were, a Heineken box. You were there. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I brought a couple colanders, too, and they all project, like, you know, 100 different images of the sun. I was like, the kids kind of dug that. That was something I'd heard on NPR. It's like, well, that's cool. Yeah, it, just, it just shoots a bunch of images on it. You just kind of focus it on the sidewalk. And, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's dope. And then you made spaghetti, and that's... We did. I, how did you know? Because what else are you going to use a colander for yeah. once the eclipse is over? I mean, I, yeah, I could have. They, they did have a colander at the Airbnb, so. See? I, I, I could have had a bonus one, but yeah, I didn't actually use my colanders that I had brought for the spaghetti, but we did cook spaghetti <laughs> that night. I figured you did. I, I figured you were going to wear it on your head and protect yourself from the eclipse by wearing it on your head. I did wear it on my head briefly. It's like Dude, we know who you are, Brian. You guys know me too well. Here's a picture of me with my with my good buddy Brandon wearing it's great for radio by wearing the way. colanders <laughs> on my head. There you go, there you go, man. It's true. That's he's the guy. He's not lying. What else did I do that day, guy? Were you there? <laughs> we were right behind you. You could see us in the background. I couldn't see you. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about everything that there is to know about cleaning and sanitizing before you start brewing, which is what you should be doing in the first place. Cleaning and sanitizing your brewing equipment. I'm getting this terrible hiss in my headphones. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, I'm hearing like a. Yeah, well, hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's on a headphone in and not. Why is it every time Jay leaves, like something goes wrong or some yeah. like issue? Well, it seems like I'm having to get the headphone up a little higher here. I, mean, I don't know if it's yeah, just. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but uh, hopefully it will be resolved at some point in the future by someone other than me because. I don't know shit. Um, let's get Jesse on the phone. I told him we'd be calling him 16 minutes ago. So okay, let's get him on. And uh, what is his beer again, folks? We just you, I got, we just um, talked about uh, it. an imperial stout, American style, it's American imperial stout. All right, let's what check this on? out. Um, here's another one. Hello, Jesse. Hey, hey, Jesse. It's Jason at the Brewing Network. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you ready for this? Uh, for us to taste your American Imperial Stout? Yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been having a couple of them tonight myself. <laughs> good. Is that good. why you're so quiet, and then you're so loud, and you're quiet again? 
<laughs> Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hanging upside down? What's happening over there? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Um, no, I think... <laughs> I'm not sure. You're not sure. I hear, I, I hear you guys pretty. I hear you guys pretty good, though. Okay, I mean, you're coming through pretty good. Okay, good. No, you're, you're fine. We're just making fun of you because there's a big long pause. He's either almost about to fall asleep or, uh, yeah, just <laughs> totally think, delirious on Imperial Stone. I don't think he finds JP amusing. I think yeah. that's really maybe that's it. it. Most maybe people don't. It. Okay, uh, Brian, do me a favor. Open the beer and pour some beer around so we can uh, we can do this. And uh, Jesse, um, let me ask you a couple questions, man. While we get the beer poured, uh, how long have you been home brewing? Uh, going on four years, I think now. Okay, four years. Four years. Uh, and uh, have you ever done a, an American Imperial Stout? Uh, no, this is my first crack of it. Okay, why? Right. Why the American Imperial Stout? What What speaks to you about this style? Uh, you know, honestly, it doesn't really speak to me. It's more of like I wanted to know if I can kind of brew outside of my comfort zone. Okay. So I, yeah. I really, I stick. Yeah, I stick to a lot of like light lagers. You know, really approachable session beers. There you go. Um, but uh, I, uh, I saw this, and um, it was a kit. Really, it's a kit from Northern Brewer that I got from okay. about a year ago. Um, and I just wanted to see if I can do it. You know, I knew those those limitations to my system, um, and then the fermentation would be a, a challenge. Um, so I just want to see if I can pull it off. Challenging as far as like uh, the the pitch rate and oxygenation and all that kind of stuff. Everything that comes. Uh, with the yeah, the beer. pitch rate, the, the oxygen, um, the the uh, being able to extract all the all the all the wort, all the sweet wort from the from the the grain bill is a huge grain bill for a mm-hmm. five gallon batch. Yeah. Um, I boiled about for three and a half hours, pulling wow. off uh, more and more runnings. Uh, before I finally kind of just gave up and I and I pitched some dry uh, malt <laughs> extract to kind of make up for the uh, the gravity. Oh right, okay, sure, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, but the fermentation was uh, was kind of a challenge to that was his own beast. You know, just throwing in a lot of dry yeast, um, oxygenating it. You know, the whole deal. Yeah, for sure. Well, I like that uh, that you're trying to push yourself and challenge yourself to to, to brew stuff that you don't wouldn't normally brew. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, let's get started on this. Brian, why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off on this Imperial Stout here. Okay. Sipping the Imperial Stout here. The uh, the bottle has a nice feel on it. Uh, the if proper proper fill level. This one's maybe a touch low, but not. It's it's acceptable. Um, the um, I'm getting in the aroma. It's richly malty with notes of uh, chocolate, some... You know, some light roasts, a bit of coffee. I also found a little bit of kind of caramelized aromas in there, a little toffee-like below that, which might be from the extended boil now that you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to interrupt you, Brian. Before we get too far yeah. into it, there is uh, a special comment about this beer that um, okay. I, um, I probably need to get better at passing on to you guys. Uh, uh, Jesse, you used cacao liqueur and okay. pecans. Yeah. In the yeah, boil and the mash. Real okay, and then you use Jim Beam bourbon, and then oak aged <laughs> yeah. it for six months. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. Right. Yep. That change. I, I guarantee you that changes everything you two guys are going to say right no, now. No, we were beer, right. We're going to redo these score sheets. We'll be back in like <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> no, we were just discussing the appearance. Like you know, it's 
That's a little witty and poozy. I wonder yeah. why... I, was, uh, this, was this aged okay. in wood was my comment. And then I actually said coconut at some point as well, which isn't hazy. Yeah. I mean, isn't, uh, Nutty. Not, uh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, so, know, okay. That, I feel like that's important to you. say. Okay. Thank you, JP. M- moving forward. Um, and and please, uh, entrance, put put some of those details on your beer. Any any ingredients you want to declare, just write them on the label that, that goes with it. Because that's all JP gives us. That's all I give him. He, he I don't even look at the sheet. No. See, might be it's it's a magical uh, uh, rainbow Elixir. infused yes. um, unicorn horn beer with. Um, and it's, Albert, it's it's my um, fault. Ultimately, I need a okay, new, guys. Taste this. It's a stout. I need a better way to pass on the information because I have the sheet, but it's just it's everybody that's ever been on the show for the last three years so no it's all good yeah. this, we, anyway continue with we the work thing. we work past those challenges that's right you guys are professional one more caveat to the beer caveat is, uh, i don't know if i wrote down the sheet was a it's a clone of a wood cell from stone brewing okay the wood style yeah that's, that's from actually their, a, i think the first iteration of the beer yeah okay. yeah one of the wood styles is on draft here tonight wood 4.0 is out there at, at the, the hop grenade here <laughs> This is a 1.0. Okay. I remember. Cool. Uh, there is some obvious alcohol here in the aroma. It, it seems fairly smooth, though. It's not, not really hot. I like that. Um, I found quite a bit of soy sauce in the aroma, too. And especially once once I got into the flavor, it was it was very evident in the flavor as well. But, uh, you know, in, in a little... Yeah, just a light booziness, but it's like the alcohol that's in there seems smooth. Um, and the booziness from your... your um, your spirits edition is not too heavy, so that's nice. Sometimes I can take over. Appearance-wise, it's a deep blackish-brown color with a uh, low light tan head. It pretty much dissipated right away. Uh, it should form more prominently there. Finer bubbles can end up bringing the glass around the uh, around the edges. It's nearly opaque, but uh, there's no obvious haze here either, so it seems like it should be fairly clear as far as that goes, but it's just super dark. Uh, Flavor-wise, again, rich, richly malty as in the aroma with all those, you know, chocolate, coffee, a um, little bit of caramelization, and some definite soy sauce flavor, quite prominent. Um, no hops, no, you know, the bitterness is pretty restrained, kind of medium-low, out of the way. Um, most of the bitterness is coming from the malt. Um, it leans a bit towards the acidic side is what I found. It's It's coming across with a acidic kind of soy sauce flavor um i also found that the the heaviest dark malts that roast and the dark chocolate are just a little biting so sometimes they can come across that way with with a more acidic presentation and if you adjust things uh to kind of keep the acidity in check it won't be quite as biting but um something to work on there um it had a medium sweet finish. It wasn't. It wasn't really dry. It wasn't annoyingly sweet or cloying or anything like that. It was kind of where it needed to be in the finish. I like that. Definitely balanced the malt with a lot of smooth alcohol, and again the wood, the booze, kind of light in the background. Mouthfeel wise, it is medium full bodied and uh, you know a bit biting. In the attack, along you know, alongside a pretty firm alcohol warmth, it's not very creamy or smooth. Um, it's kind of like what you would call just all coffee and no cream. You know, I like that kind of. Some of the stouts have that kind of coffee and cream presentation a little bit, where it's it's smoother and um, more drinkable and approachable. This one is just yeah. like a little more biting and and uh, in your face with the acidity and the the sharpness to it. 
Um, so overall, I would say it's a pretty pretty nice Imperial Stout. Um, I would pull back on some of the darkest malts um, a bit to help smooth it out. Um, it's just, it just screams, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm a stout. <laughs> it's like the guy that just has yeah. to, to yell to get his point across, you know, like some of the guys in my club, um, Steve. <laughs> um, lots of flavor for sure. Uh, it's, it's um, I don't know, I would, I would suggest first, you know, again, working with that water to control the acidity, making sure that your, your dark malts are balanced. Um, with a water that's not not also acidic, you know. Uh, so um, you know, but also pull, yeah, just pull back some of the darkest malts. I think the booze and the and the wood are nice where they are at. Um, if you're gonna declare them, then um, enter it as a wood aged beer. Um, I feel that they come through enough that you you should. I for yeah, I agree with that. And it sure. would be it would be scored better, but I, I gave it a thirty two. I thought it's a it's a nice. Uh, we judge it as an American Imperial Stout, and uh, but with the addition of those, you know, could uh, bring it up a couple of points possibly with um, knowing now what's in there. So, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Just just a little acidic, a little biting. All right, Keith, go ahead, dude. Okay, uh, aroma, strong alcohol aroma, wood, vanilla? Question mark. Was this aged in wood? Question mark. No hops, dark fruit, plum, hint of coconut, hazelnut. Uh, faint caramel and medium roast and coffee. Everything in fermentation uh, smells you know, pretty clean there. Uh, color-wise, deep brown, almost black, but not quite opaque. Very little head. Maybe alcohol is killing the head, I said. Um, light tan color, just a, just a, the, the head's light tan color. And, the, you know, there's some, there's a little bit of legs there, too. Um, flavor-wise, I got notes of sherry. I don't think Brian, you mentioned that. I mean, a little oxidation and sherry there. I get the the soy sauce in the flavor as well, with a, a pretty strong alcohol flavor. Apple prune, medium roasting coffee. Um, not a huge amount of sweetness though, and I think the bitterness is medium high. The balance between malt and medium, I'm sorry, and bitterness is is nearly even. And I got a touch of sourness and, and flavor, but otherwise uh, very clean. Uh, no hot flavor. Mouthfeel, medium high alcohol, low medium, uh, low medium low carbonation, light roast astringency, no creaminess, medium full body. Finally, uh, overall impression, I really, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting beer. I would have, uh, knowing that, you know, now that I, what I know, you know, probably changed my, you know, what I was saying here, but I thought, you know, this is misentered. Um, I was guessing it was probably wood aged. Um, the woody and alcohol notes detract, uh, and, you know, the sherry flavor, soy sauce uh, flavors as well. Uh, you know, as an American stout, I thought it was a little bit a little bit strong in some of those flavors. Uh, everything else is okay. I thought it was a little bit on the sour side. Uh, just, you know, I wish it would be feel a little more, um, I don't know, maybe a little more a little more sweet, I guess, or, or just, uh, you know, and you said you boiled it a long time, so I'd be really interested in knowing what your, your mash pH was and, you know, the, the final beer pH um, as well, just I think with a longer boil there, it could affect that too. Um, so you know, um, but I mean, overall, you know, I think it would do better as a wood-aged imperial stout because it is pretty obvious on the nose and and you know, and, and sort of the alcohol flavor as well. Um, and but at the same time, I don't know the, the wood, the sorry, the nut from I think what was it again? It was uh, pecan. 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 I'm not sure I would have picked that out as pecan, but I, I knew there was something. 
It tasted something. It could have just been normal, you know, like natural flavor. It's a bit nutty. It is like a sweet, nutty kind of yeah. a thing. Sometimes you get a little bit of coconut or, or hazelnut, and those aren't even the same flavors anyway. We right. get some of those in, in, in some stouts anyway, or even some wood-aged beers, vanilla, stuff like that. Um, they kind of they kind of cross some of the same you know flavor profiles, for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought it was a little hot, and I said maybe age it longer, but now that you know, adding straight alcohol to it would probably explain that. Overall, I gave it a 31 and, yeah, like I said, I think it would do better as a, a wood-aged beer over just a, a straight-up uh, 20A, 20C. So I think that's an important thing to note is when you're at putting uh, beers uh, for categories, maybe that was sort of uh, we were expected to understand that the subcategory was 20C, but it's important to make sure you enter the stuff, you know, enter the beer in a category where, it, you know, that, that it fits the best. And maybe you felt it fit the best here. I'd like to talk to you about that and figure out if that's, that's the case or not. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right, Jess, what do you think, man? You got some questions for these guys, I bet? Um, yeah, well, surprisingly, the, the beer did. Uh, I sent this beer to NHC. Um, first round, it got a 33.5 and, a half and uh, category 20C in San Diego. Cool. That's more, more or less right, kind of like where you guys scored it. Um, and uh, the one question I had was where the soy saucy flavor coming from the water um, or the astringency. I, I used reverse osmosis water, and I kind of you used a very light hand in um, calcium uh, chloride and gypsum. Um, I, I try to leave it real, real simple. So what other flavors and what other um, instances would I be able to pull that soy sauce um, astringency uh, sourness from if, if my water was spot on yeah. good? I don't think it's the water. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's like a glutamic acid. And it's coming from the yeast, generating it in combination with the dark malts and the acidity that's there. Um, but yeah, yeast can have kind of an umami-like uh, flavor to it. It can it can kick some of those things out that taste a little bit savory. So it's kicking off that umami hmm. on your taste buds. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the exact chemical, you know, <laughs> uh, part of that, I'm not sure. But yeah, I think it's. Uh, the 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 acid acidic malts with the with the yeast so i think pulling back the acidity would probably help control some of that too I mean, it's one of the, one of the tricks of using our water and 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 trying to figure out how to make a dark beer with that it can be it can be challenging and and yeah. you know it is hard to to build up a water that can support that much roast as well and and how do you yeah. add, you know what do you add back to you know there's a lot of people now use pickling lime i haven't had a lot i haven't had a ton of success with that but you know pickling lime all right yeah, there's there's yeah. obviously baking soda um Okay, then, yeah, I then, see your question. Is it controlling the water, not not something in your water that got through, yeah. <laughs> converted to that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think more, it right. might have pulled more from that uh, the multiple sparges, you know, that extended boil. Because um, I think I remember now that my, my mash pH was a little low, and then post-boil I took the pH again, and it was kind of surprisingly low, probably in the 4.9, yeah. 4.8. Um, just come and get some of our Livermore water. It's nice and alkaline, you know, like pH 8. <laughs> um, yeah, just get something with a lot of carbonate in it, a lot of, you know, just, just uh, mm-hmm. yeah, super alkaline water. Um, yeah, I'm not sure the, the water. And where do you live? I'm sorry. Uh, I live in uh, Southern California, in Riverside County. Okay. okay. Yeah, I just want you know, I mean, RO water is a great option. It's just certain beer styles, it is a little more challenging than others to, to make with, with RO water because the alkalinity, you know, it, it's hard to build that up in, in RO yeah. water at times. So, 
Um, I mean, there are ways to do it, but it is a little bit tricky for. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think this is like you know way off there, but that's something I would look to improve. The kind of you know you know what I'm saying like kind of the sweetness or and it's, it, there's some body there, and it's just the perception of it. It comes off to me as a little bit dry and, and inviting, and a more a little bit sour. Like not not sour. It's just like it's just a little bit. I don't know. It, it feels like almost. A- like a tart, like a yeah. sharp, yeah. A sharpness. That's yeah. a good word. Okay. Yeah, sharp is probably mm-hmm. a good word. And I think water would have a, a big part in that in mash pH. And if something like this are going to boil that long, I would really shoot in the high end for the mash pH, like five five or mm-hmm. you know, you know, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, just doing it with minerals and RO. You're throwing so much, you know, trying to get things in there that don't dissolve very well either, like yeah. chalk and, yeah, you know, yeah. and putting, uh, you, you know, you can do that. You can baking soda yeah. in there and stuff. You can take chalk and throw it in, in a seltzer bottle, you know, and try to carbonate it and keep it in solution and all that sort of stuff, get it cold. But it, it's challenging and it's hard to, yeah. you know, you, you know, it's something you want to keep a close eye on for a big beer like this. What's the, uh, the recipe here, Jess? You want to give us that? Uh, yeah, so the uh, the grain bill is 12.5 pounds of Old and Promise, uh, 2.6 pounds of white wheat, 2 pounds of American Turo, RAR, pound and a half flake rye, 3 quarters of a pound of English black malt, half a pound of crystal rye, half a pound of light kerosene, 8 ounces of toasted pecans that were toasted by the manufacturer, uh, 3 quarters of a pound of English roasted barley, and then three ounces of a cacao liqueur, which was like, it looked like Nutella, but mm-hmm. it was a real thick mm-hmm. taste. Mm-hmm. And then for the yeast, I used five packets of Stasol 05 and a 375 ml of uh, bourbon. And um, mm. that was it. RO water, yeah. some gypsum, some calcium chloride. Light, light on it, pretty much the same profile of soft water I would use for all my other beers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the recipe seems yeah. cool. It's, it's an interesting recipe and it's balanced. You definitely used enough yeast to keep the alcohol fairly smooth, so that's good. It's when you read off the the probably a soft water issue, yeah, is what, yeah, what you guys are kind of saying that the water shouldn't be that soft. Yeah, and then um, did you put the the pecans right in the mash too? You read them along with the the mash ingredients, a lot of it, but did you do them in the mash? Or yeah, it was, um, three ounces went into the mash and uh-huh. five ounces went at went at flame mouth. Okay. And they stayed in fermentation. Yeah. Um, whatever I can pour in from the kettle into the bucket. Um, the beer's about a year old as well. Yeah. It's um. It's Some that sherry, for like, about four months. Yeah. It's coming from the age a little bit. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, we we talk about brewing dark beers like this where the the grains will affect the pH, but I wonder if in this it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot in there. So maybe there wasn't enough to affect the pH in a. In a harder way, as it normally would with a, a normal stout, or am I am I just kind of crossing my material here? You lost me there. <laughs> well, you know, like uh, like we we talk about uh, you know in brewing dark beers, yeah. right? That the uh, the dark grains affect the pH. They yes. make the water kind of hard. They're acidic. Right? Yeah, they're acidic, right? So in this recipe, it didn't sound like there were a lot. Uh, too many dark grains. There was kind of a lot of crystals and a kind of kind of middle. Yeah. There, there were two. There dark was grains. more of the middle malt. And, yeah, but yeah. it's but it's kind of light. And so I wonder if you were making another like a normal, I guess, quote unquote, imperial stout, you would have more of the dark grain material, and then that would be able to adjust your water a little bit differently. And maybe Jesse was counting on that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, dark grains are always going to make it go lower, and I feel like the problem is it's already too low to start with. And I mean, and you're oh, it'll off- turn softer. Well, I mean, no, I mean, dark grains will make the pH drop, which right. will make it seem more, more acidic in the final, the final beer. With the darkest grains are where most of that acidity is coming from. Yeah, I don't think caramel malt necessarily is, is right. all that acidic on its own. But, but don't we want it 
And it's harder gonna... versus softer? You want the harder water versus softer, yeah. So where am I wrong? Well, <laughs> where I, am I, I wrong right now? I'm trying to figure it out. Although water hardness is, is, not easy. Hardness yeah. is okay. calcium and magnesium. We could talk for an hour about water. Okay. Hardness is, is calcium and magnesium. Give me the 30-second version of your hour speech. The alkalinity is, and there's a temporary hardness and permanent hardness, which we can talk okay. about. But the uh, <laughs> acidity of the water is just the pH. And it has you know, with the, more of the, the carbonates and the, um, the certain ions in the water that, yeah. Um, is it the, the negative ions that pull it towards being more of a base, right? Yeah, I mean, you can have a, a, a high pH in certain areas, but not have a minus. lot of alkalinity, and, and it's still not very hard for the, you know, it's not, it's not, hard, it's not very difficult to, to, to bring <laughs> the pH down. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's much easier to make, right make your water more acidic. You know? Sorry, okay. okay. This is, yeah, we're Add some acid, okay. but yeah, getting so into... it's not as simple as what I said. Getting from a softer water to a harder okay. water, to, no, a, right. to a more alkaline water is, but, is yeah, trickier. RO water, you're starting off with almost, uh, you know, a, a clean slate, which means that you need to build up from there and that's what makes it kind of tough you know and it's i i started in san francisco water which isn't it's it's nearly a clean slate but even with that i have some alkalinity there and and i still have a hard time with really dark beers keeping the the ph high enough without you know i have to add like i said pickling lime or or baking baking soda or uh uh chalk yeah. Uh, all those and try to do different things. I don't want to put too much baking soda because then you add too much sodium to the beer, and sodium's okay in small, small yeah. amounts. But you know, you know, with RO, you at least can start and you can build from there, and you, you can do it. Yeah. And there's other ways to do it as well, just to throw out there, like the Gordon Strong method of, hey, I'm going to add my dark malts at at uh, sparge, let's yeah. say, or and, when your mash is yeah just about yeah. done, then all drop right. them in sparge too, or even just steep them in the boil. But it'd be kind of fun. We should mess around with this, and this should be one of those brewlosophy things. Like, hey, take the pH of the final beer when you you put the dark grains in the the mash versus the dark grains in the sparge versus doing a cold steep versus using Cinemar. Do all those different options and then just see where the pH is for the final beer for all those and then do a a taste off of all those. I know they don't have that many. I agree. That would be fun. Yeah, somebody call Marshall and we'll figure something out. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, sorry. Jesse, do you have any more questions? No, man, that's it. Okay. Have we thoroughly yeah. confused you? I know. He's like, I hope, I hope. But it just stopped talking. Like, yeah, he's like, all right, I'm done. Uh, well, hey, man, I appreciate you uh, throwing this beer out to us and uh, for, you know, putting up with our delays and stuff like that. I uh, I appreciate it, man. Uh, keep keep on uh, keeping on. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Yeah, we'd love to taste the lagers, too, and the, the other other beers you make. Oh, absolutely. Well. It's a tasty beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I only sent this one up because I ran out of the lager. Like, when I got the email back and I was ready to send it in, I checked the keg and it was empty. Uh, I was like, I got to send something. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, that's Send for GP sure, another lawyer then for for next time. All right, Jesse, we'll let you go. Thanks, dude. Definitely. Cheers. Thank you. All right, man. Later. Cool. Yeah. Dark beers can vary so much. I mean, there's such a wide variety of ways they can express themselves. For, speaking of expressing yourself, Brian, the Homebrew Label Awards are back. Yes. Submit your artwork at homebrewlabelawards.com and let your homebrewing peers shower you with votes. The labels with the most votes can win fabulous prizes. Pretty easy, huh? Last year, we handed out over $5,000 worth of prizes to the winners. And this year, uh, Homebrew Label Awards are doing it again. If you don't have any labels, that's no problem. You can still go over to homebrewlabelawards.com, check out all the cool labels being submitted, and cast your vote for your favorite one. Help your fellow homebrewer achieve fame and glory at homebrewlabelawards.com. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here, folks, and then when we come back, we're going to be drinking another beer, talking to another homebrewer. Same old, same old. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. We'll be right back. 
Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. Hey, welcome back. It's Dr. Homebrew. I was just bitching about how my voice is going out. It feels it feels strained, like I'm having to really force the air out of my voice or whatever. And uh, I don't know, man. I've been talking a lot. I mean, we have, uh, you know, we moved and having problems with the people who bought our, our old house. And uh, we're having to go. We're going to have to go to small claims court on it. And it's mm. just so I've been talking a lot, talking to our lawyer, talking to our real estate agent, then relaying all the information to my wife. And then t- and it's just. Fuck, it's all I do is talk, and it's all I do is talk. And I it's just, shouldn't talk just about an ongoing case on the air. I mean, so you just burn the old house down in the best way of their insurance claim. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't talk. have it anymore. It's, while it's the, sold. While the new people are there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's not ongoing yet. We hasn't been filed. So I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, we did, I did shows. I did our Ears Up shows uh, last night. And uh, then I'm, you know, I did the session on Monday. Then this fucking show and it, talking to everybody. My voice is just it, it's starting to get scratchy, man. So hopefully, uh, <clears throat> hopefully, I can finish the second show. Okay, let's get Jim on the phone here, and uh, you know, like that. While we do talk to Jim, well, we'll save that live read for later. What do you think about that? <clears throat> I'd be happy to take over any live reads that you want me to do, JP. Because <laughs> Jim, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how, how, how you doing, bud? Doing good, thanks. Uh, we have your beer in front of us. What uh, what kind of beer did you uh, send in? What style of beer did you send in? Uh, it's a West Coast uh, style double IPA. Okay. 
Is this or bordering a, on a triple. <laughs> 2.5, we'll call it that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Times uh, 3.5. <laughs> is this one of your favorite styles? Is this a go-to style? Why, why did you brew this beer? Uh, it's sort of my uh, interpretation of, uh, of a Pliny the Younger clone. And uh, the first craft beer I ever had about seven years ago was a uh, Pliny the Elder okay. by, uh, by, pure, by Pure Luck. And I kind of fell in love with that style and... Uh, I started brewing uh, three years ago. This was my go-to, pretty much. Okay. Hey, that's good enough, man. Nostalgia is a great way, a great reason, excuse me, to brew, man. Yeah, what a fun sure accent. You gotta... <laughs> have, you do, have you done this style before and this recipe before? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is probably about the fourth or fifth time I've brewed this okay. over the last uh, three years. So, Are you trying uh, to tweak it out still, or do you have your recipe pretty much nailed down? I'm still tweaking, you know, okay. especially with amounts and timing of the additions. You know, now pushing more of the, uh, of the hop additions towards the end of the boil to mm-hmm. see you mm-hmm. know, what that does to the flavor of the beer. Do you like that? Do you like what it does? Yeah, I think it rounds it out a little bit. Because uh, we use a pretty large hop shot charge up front for the bittering. And with other earlier uh, boil additions, it seemed to be a little too much. Okay. So I think this kind of, you know, kind of... Like I said, kind of rounds it out a little bit, I hope. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into it then. Keith, you want to start us off on this Pliny the Younger clone, please? Sure, I would uh, love to. So, uh, aroma-wise, get medium pine, light citrus, faint tropical fruit, uh, fairly big malt. I get some some moderate caramel, a little bit of honey, and then uh, uh, some papery uh, aroma as well. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um Smells very clean in terms of fermentation. Maybe just a touch of acetaldehyde. I'm getting a little bit of a, a pumpkin, uh, fresh pumpkin smell there. But otherwise, very, very clean in terms of fermentation. Uh, also picking up some alcohol on the the nose as well. But it, it is uh, hidden by a little bit behind some of the other aromas. Uh, this one looks a little bit hazy today. The one I had in my last night uh, was in my fridge for a little bit, and it was not disturbed at all. So it was brilliantly clear, uh, deep gold, uh, really, really pretty. Um, low white head, not a ton of not a ton of head there. Or head retention, maybe alcohol again is uh, affecting that some. But you know, you can see some legs there too. Um, but yeah, really a, a pretty pretty good looking beer. Uh, so flavor wise, I'm getting uh, medium malt, medium low hop flavor, some pine citrus malt. Uh, is, is sweet with notes of uh, caramel and I'm getting some sherry oxidation uh, going along with that too. Bitterness, I would say, is medium, medium high for this style. Um, but yeah, probably medium I'd, I'd go with, uh, uh, but not really harsh in any way. It was very, I, I, I like the, the bitterness on this. It didn't really stick out like it was like a water, there was a water issue or anything like that. I really like, enjoyed that um, bitterness here. Uh, light app, light, red, light, <laughs> sorry. Light red apple esters. Um, it finishes a little on the sweet side and a little on, on you know, a little bit bitter. Um, I thought the sweetness was a little heavy for the style. And again, a very a slight touch of acetaldehyde coming across as maybe you know maybe a green apple slash pumpkin uh, mouthfeel medium plus body. I thought it was a little little high for a double IPA. It makes a little more sense now hearing that it was a sort of a triple uh, IPA. Uh, medium high warming, medium carbonation. No, I didn't get any astringency. Thought the hop, the hopping weren't wasn't you know causing any astringency or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no creaminess, nothing else really to talk about in terms of palate sensations. Overall, I thought uh, 
thought maybe kind of my fault when you gave me this bottle. I think it was probably JP. I think you gave me this bottle maybe a month and a half ago, and probably was a lot fresher then. Probably. Um, and right now it tastes a little bit more like a, a small hobby barley wine, and maybe not even small, but maybe a, a paler barley wine um, than a double imperial IPA. Um, it could be the age. Uh, but it tastes tastes pretty sweet. But you know, hearing that it's a triple, you know, triple that makes a little more sense. I thought it was a really good job in terms of fermentation. Um, I would like to see a little, a little bit more dryness. I'm not sure how much sugar you're using, um, but that once again could be because it's a little bit bigger than than the, the, the normal double IPA, and uh, could have been really great fresh. I mean, maybe I you know think about I'd love to hear about what you're doing with hops after we're done done with this. But uh, hear a little more how you you know how you hop it, where you put the hops in. Um, where you're getting your hops, etc. Um, overall, I gave it a 30. Uh, like I said, I thought you know some of that's on me. Probably like a month ago, probably would have been a little bit higher score. Um, but still, still a good beer. Just a little bit now. I'm like, well, you know, almost consider it adding, entering it as a you know a pale you know sort of barley wine, sort of you know some sort of in between sort of style. Okay. All right, Brian. All right. Um, yeah, and the aroma. It's- there's, um, you know, instantly kind of an oxidized hop quality to me up front. Um, it's hop forward. The, the hops character is tropical uh, with slight resinous and, even, and a little bit of floral I found in there. Seems clean otherwise. Um, yeah, there's definitely some, some alcohol, which to me kind of expressed itself in a slightly solventy way, but not intensely so. Uh, but it's just it's, it's a big alcohol in there. Um, the malt wise, there's you know just some breadiness and a light caramelly malt in there. Uh, there's definitely some malt complexity in there, which keeps it interesting without going overboard and, and throwing the balance off. So I kind of like that. Um, appearance wise, yeah, mine I, I probably abused even worse than Keith or, or than the one JP brought for us tonight. Um, Keith did it right and judged his at home, but I. I just one earlier here that I had brought over, so it was a little bit um, shaken up, and it was pretty hazy. So, um, but not too murky. It was just there was a medium haze to it, and probably from the transport. Uh, deep golden color, low white head that faded pretty quickly to a color of fine white bubbles. Um, it didn't persist very well. Flavor wise, uh, definitely uh, medium high hops. Begin with that kind of uh, stale oxidized hop character. There's some bready malt with like caramel in there again, uh, just supporting it and you know kind of keeping it interesting. Maybe a little toastiness. Um, the the alcohol heat is prominent in the flavor as well as it was in the aroma. Um, it's a bit a bit boozy, almost like you know I don't want to say I hate to say the word paint thinner about a beer, but it's got a little kind of a paint thinnerish kind of quality to it. It doesn't taste like. I'm drinking paint thinner because, you know, I do that often at home. But um, <laughs> It's the only way I can sleep. Yeah, it's the only way I can sleep. Um, finishes medium dry. Uh, there is a little little hint of sweetness left in it that keeps it from going bone dry. Uh, I thought that was fine, though. Uh, but it does definitely have a little bit of kind of a honey-like sweetness to it and a little alcohol sweetness to it. Um, so, 
it uh, it would point to maybe the the, the ale fermentation uh, or the solvent like you know would, would point to a little bit of maybe stress in the fermentation. Um, but still, it's, it's definitely balanced to the hops. It's just it, it's past its prime. And granted, again, we sat on it for a month and a half or so in the bottles, and I'm sure it tasted a lot different back then. So, um, our bad there. Uh, these don't, these things are meant to be drank fresh. That's Mouth, true. Mouthfeel wise, um, like medium body. You could tend to you could stand to lighten that up a little bit, maybe with some sugars or something. But uh, additional sugars, low carbonation. Uh, need to bump that up a little bit. No creaminess, low astringency, and definitely some firm alcohol warmth in there. Um, it wasn't burning down the back of the throat though so like mostly in the flavor and the aroma i got a little like oh, it's a little hot a little solventy not intensely so and then the mouthfeel well, that's not too bad so uh but overall yeah the problem to me was just the the, the stale um you know oxidized hop quality you want to use the obviously the freshest possible hops to start with and then avoid oxygenating them after you you know your primary fermentation uh goes on if you get any oxygenation at all in this beer it's gonna go downhill fast and um keith and i were at his house brewing a beer and he did something that that i never i never do and i won't you know um good beer actually well we made okay beer (laughs) yeah we, we, uh, I had brought a keg because he was going to transfer some of the beer we'd brewed into it. Then I had star sand it, which is an oxygenating uh, sanitizer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it does tend to uh, to put out some, some oxygen, right? So he actually rinses his kegs before he fills them. I mean, it's sanitized, it's clean. As long as your water's clean, there shouldn't be a problem. Or your water doesn't have any, um, you know, any chlorine in it, especially... Right. Uh, so it's a little risky doing that to me, but I let him do it uh, to my keg, and it didn't, you know, it didn't hurt the beer. Probably kept it holding up a little bit longer as well as it could. It wasn't, it wasn't the best beer. We had a weird brew day and globs of honey. I'm getting way off topic here. <laughs> yeah, you are. But it was um, a come back. Yeah. Yes, it was a similar beer. Right so now. it kind of reminds me of this one. Actually, our beer was this beer was probably better than ours. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely want to reduce that alcohol heat a little bit along along with Wait, bringing where, up the. Where, where was that story going? It was going nowhere. It was just a, basically it was. Why a, did we hear? It, it was an attempt to bring me down. I think it's all. Oh, no, okay. all right. <laughs> it's just you want. No, the I point know there was a is, point. Yes, I know there you was want a to point. go to great lengths to keep oxygen out of yeah. a hoppy beer. Okay. Well, I would I would then propose if you're worried that much about it, then don't use star sand to sanitize your kegs. And, I just wouldn't sanitize. And, and uh, well, I mean, there's enough alcohol that's gonna any water you put in there is going. You know, I would but I would not use not use not not you know, but use Idafor for example. Right. Hmm. Iostar, right? Yes, Iostar. Yes, thank you very much, Keith. Sorry. Um, I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just take care of the ferment, pitch vigorous, healthy, plentiful yeast starter. Um, I landed on a 28 for this beer. I thought it, it was probably in mid-30s earlier, but it's just gone downhill. I can see that it was a good, well-brewed beer. Um, yeah, we know, had some to minor things going on. dates back a little bit. So yeah. Sorry, Jim. That's yeah. my fault. Uh, yeah, no, no problem. Oh, uh, man. Actually, it's not really my fault. I'm taking the heat for that. That's not Where my does fault. Jim live? We'll come drink with him in his garage. There you go. He lives on the sun. Okay. You were just there. I was just there. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys, Jim? You want to talk a little about some? Or his recipe? Or his re- or, uh, or recipe? In, in hopping, I'd love to hear the way you hop the beer. Let's do all of these. Oh, sure. 
And clean yeah, and, so, and uh, after you sanitize the keg, what you do with it? But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So the grain bill is is pretty much the standard from Vinny, where it's just a combination of two row uh, carapils, and uh, you guys are right there. There's some caramel sixty in there just for coloring uh, to mix it up a bit. I now split my uh, my base malts three to one ratio, two row now with uh, Maris Otter. So some of the Maris Otter biscuit biscuitiness, I guess, is coming through. It sounds like, um, and I do use corn sugar, about six percent of the total um, total weight there in the um, in the grain bill is, is some corn sugar for you know, trying to make sure the beer dries out and help you know jumpstart the fermentation. Yeah, I like um, I like mixing uh, U.S. Pale and and Maris Otter. You know, it gives the malt a little more complexity without it getting too heavy and crazy. So that's kind of cool. I yeah, did, I thought I you know a three that. to one ratio there was you know hopefully enough to kind of get it in there, but not yeah. to your point, not not overwhelm it. Yeah, and still yeah. be true you know, to the uh, you know to an IPA there. Mm-hmm. So uh, on the uh, on the hop side, we're using the hop shots. You know, try to keep down some of the true there and. Uh, I think we used 40 milliliters in a uh, 12-gallon batch size. So those extracts are used up front for the bittering. Um, then I push pretty much all the uh, hop additions now to 20 minutes and later uh, with some Simcoe and Centennial. And then Flameout's really where the largest uh, hop addition uh, in a 12-gallon batch. I think we put in 14 ounces total Um Equal amounts of Amarillo, Cascade, and Centennial at three ounces each, and then five ounce uh, charge of Simcoe. Uh, finished out the boil uh, hopping, and then in dry hopping, I did two different charges, uh, three days each, with equal amounts of Amarillo, Centennial, and Simcoe. And uh, we kind of split this batch. We did half of it with just uh, Cal Ale, and the other half. Oh, how much was, was the dry hopping? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I'm sorry? How much was the dry hopping in terms of amounts? Uh, for each of the six gallon, or you know, between five and six that went into the separate fermenters, there would have been six ounces total in each of those, two each of Amarillo, Centennial, and Simcoe. Okay. And again, one charge for three days, and then I didn't purge, but I put it on top of that, the last, with the three ounces of those three. You got pellets uh, or pellets? Whole yeah, they're, they're all pellets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down from Yakima Valley, I thought they were fairly fresh. It smelled good, um, yeah. Hop shot? Yeah, they did. Uh, the hop shots were like yeah, extract. Yeah, I mean, well, are you doing both? He, he does hop shot for bittering, and then what he's talking about is the, the pellets, pellets that he added else. for, for okay. dry hop. All right, and got it. Yeah. Sorry if I missed that. Yeah, yeah. and it turns out you can get a whole tin of, of, the, of the hop shot, you know, when it comes like a you know, in a liquid form that when you freeze it, it you know, it's kind of a wax that so you can just warm up and then, you know, create your little syringes to save a lot of money instead of buying those individual Dab it you know, up. five mil. What, what is, they're, they're five mil and they're five and ten mil is what they sell normally? So you're using 40? Yeah, 40? and wow. they're fairly expensive. Yeah, 40 is a lot. I thought 40 would be a, a like, I would never come close to using 40 in a 10-gallon batch. So I think 40 for a 12, not that we're getting a ton of bitterness anyway, and I think this probably you're you're somewhat passing, like, how much you can probably bitter a beer, but I think 40 seems like a... a yeah, it seems, yeah, we'll, we'll probably damp that down because the more I look at it and, you know, to your point, it's probably overkill as far as you, you've saturated, you're not going to get anything more right, out of it. Right. And... Uh, so our next batch will probably cut that down to you know thirty and see if there's anything noticeable and you know save a little bit of money as well. Yeah, yeah, you're getting a lot of you know a lot of citrusiness from the 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 
the hops you're using and a little bit of pine from the Simcoe, a little resin. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the oxidation. So the club I'm in, um, I submitted the same beer. Uh, this was actually brewed back in June. So yeah, you guys are getting kind of the, you know, the staler version of it. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, in the competition I entered it in, it scored 34. So okay. it's more you know, close to the mid 30s. So I think you guys are, are certainly spot on with your with your evaluation. My boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can taste yeah. out kind of how it would have been. <laughs> yeah, that same beer that yeah. Keith and I did. Eventually, it did go downhill. I didn't drink it fast enough, and yeah, after a month and a half or a couple of months, it was like, okay, do I want to finish this? It's, it's okay. It's drinkable. I pass it off to my friends. Or <laughs> here. <laughs> That's why I passed it off to you, actually. You like this? <laughs> gave me the rest of it first. Yeah, I was like, here, finish it off. Finish, yeah, here, take the rest, Brian. Finish off this keg. Yeah. Uh, and it, we also got the same uh, uh, evaluation with respect to there being some oxidation notes even back then. So mm-hmm. I was talking to a couple guys in my homebrew club, and they showed me a system that they're you know, kind of rigged together to basically have a closed system transfer mm-hmm. to eliminate any oxidation. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to try that in our next uh batch that we brew next yeah month. i mean you can also um you know a lot of sometimes during a transfer i'll i'll purge the um the fermenter you know secondary fermenter with with co2 you also want to make sure that your transferring equipment isn't bringing any oxygenation in like where your tubes come together if you see any little bubbles coming into it that can be a source yeah. of oxidation it's just yeah they gotta go to great lengths to keep it out <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah you're even, right even temperature that's definitely been the too. biggest uh you know criticism we receive on these beers yeah. is that there's that oxidative uh you know characteristic that uh definitely want to work on improving that and uh, i think our fermentation was actually pretty good um i had two three liter starters yeah uh, for these oh, and wow. they seem to you know i think it's just well. it had a lot of alcohol in it and as it's as it's sliding downhill yeah. some of those other flavors are in there the alcohol just kind of some of the, the hop flavors are dropping away a little bit and the alcohol just comes through more so it's not as balanced yeah, as you're it right. once so was it's, yeah, it's kind of a barley wine i think yeah. we finished out around nine seven on the abv on oh, this wow. so it was yeah. just pretty, a pretty big boy. what was the finishing gravity uh, came down to ten ten actually. Okay, yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it man. finished out smoothly. Yeah, I mean, but alcohol is kind of sweet though too. So yeah. there's some perception of sweetness from alcohol, and even hops that sometimes you get a perception of sweetness from those. So it sometimes tastes a little bit sweeter than it actually even is. I mean, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun beer. It'd be kind of neat if you have bottles left to age it a year and see how it it comes across then. And it's kind of a you know like a smaller barley wine, or you know not even that much yeah. of a smaller size like, it is. But yeah, yeah, that's a good suggestion. We still have. Probably about a growler's worth in the keg. Um, oh, yeah. Brewed some other beers this summer, so it's a good idea. We'll just bottle that and see what happens uh, from a barley wine perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, well, let us know if you do that. <laughs> we'll do. All right, Jim. If there's nothing else, we'll let you go. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate the feedback. Thanks, Thanks so Jim. much for sending Thanks, in. Yeah. All right. Have a good night. You too. You too. Bye. Cool, man. Yeah, I Very feel, cool. feel right. a little bad about Jim's beer. <laughs> like, I wanted to taste it. It's fine. It's fine. He Long said he ago. even had oxidation in June, so, yeah. you know, it's yeah. all right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Stick with us. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa 
Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, thanks for sticking around. I appreciate it. Appreciate you and everything you do. Go get yourself a coffee stout. I know, right? Coffee stout, whatever. Uh, Before we get on to the winner of the $40 grog tag, at least your beer will look good gift certificate. Uh, I do want to remind you guys that if you haven't yet joined the AHA, you really don't know what you're missing. Uh, they have the Zymergy magazine. They have, more importantly, the Brew Guru app where you can link your membership and you can find out all the places around the country that give you discounts on beer and food and all sorts of weird stuff for being an AHA member. And then you can show the bartender or the waitress or the bar back if you want to go hell go into the kitchen i'll tell you what come down to the hop grenade and go directly into the kitchen anytime you want a discount you have to go into the kitchen to show the people in the walk-in your 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 thing it's a secret thing <clears throat> nobody knows about it for sure yeah right? i used my i used my discount up in uh, up in bend we went to the the deschutes public house there for for lunch one day because my wife and i had been there like shortly after we met, along you know, dozens, not dozens, but Millions over a dozen years, years ago. How old are you? Jesus. We've been married a dozen years. Anyway. years. So we went there. We went to a family reunion in Sun River. I used my, my AHA discount this time. So my, my I got a dollar off of my pints there. It was good. Awesome. Glad yeah. you used it. I used it. There you go. And they didn't even say, what's this thing? They didn't. You know, then question See, it. Aaron will know. Aaron just walked in. So, Aaron, I'm telling everybody right now that uh, if they're an AHA member and they have the Brew Guru app, and, you know, they show them they get like dollar. He doesn't need a microphone. Uh, and then you, you get like a discount on beers or whatever. And then to, to show that, but to have, they have to, in, in the hop grenade, they have to come into the kitchen. So don't approach the bar with the, oh. with the discount. Walk right back into the kitchen and stand there and wait and then show the thing. Stare what do you think? Is that, is that appropriate? No, Eric will uh, run into you. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the kitchen's so big and roomy, it's, there's plenty of room. It'll be fine. All right. Anyway, uh, AHA, everybody. Support the AHA. They support you, and uh, you support them, and then they support you, and then you support us, and they support us, and then we support you, and we support them, Not and it's sure. a whole thing. 
It's like the summer of love, but no reach around. Yeah, it's a circle of love, or the uh, summer of love, but without any brown acid. So we're okay there. Better than the summer of hate. Um, Okay, forty dollars gift certificate to that this summer, Brian. Pretty much. <laughs> We're uh, going to give away the $40 gift certificate to Grog Tag. Go to grogtag.com. Customize uh, 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 beer labels, bottle caps, metal signs, tasting mats, if you do tasting mat- tastings and stuff like that for your club, uh, coasters, all sorts of stuff. Check them out. I ordered a tap handle for our... So if you enter Oktoberfest this year, the deadline's tomorrow, Okay. Um, our competition, you get a customized tap handle that was made... By these guys. By Grog Tag. Oh, that's cool. With your, your, you know. And so we used to give out a plaque. And it's like, well, yeah, let's yeah. do something different this year. Dope. And we got a tap handle that says, you know, 2017 winner, Oktoberfest. I never got that plaque, by the way. Um, talk to. I know who has it. Some guy from the club I used to be in has it. He still has all the awards that year I won. All right. Who yeah. won the gift certificate, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> it would be Christ. Mr. Jim Pence. You guys might as well just pass Reader's Digest back and forth to each other. Now, I wonder. Reader's Digest, the large print for the two old. People in front oh, of me. man, we just talk. So Jim, Jim wins. Jim wins the gift certificate to Grog Tag. All right, everybody, good job, yeah. good job. I don't think people have entered low-scoring beers yet just to get that prize, but <laughs> yeah. it might become a thing. It might. You like know our loser wins here. It's right. weird. Thanks to Jesse. Thanks to Jim for sending in and, beers. Thanks to you yeah. guys for listening. Thanks to Brian and Keith for sort of staying on. No, no, not at none all. of I'm our not winners. At all. None of our winners are losers. That's true. None of our entrants are are bad. Right, goodbye, Brian. Okay. Where's uh, my plaque? <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's just me now. Uh, everyone else is broken. I feel like I feel like I'm at Chuck E. Cheese where the band doesn't work. The band's all broken down and haggard and shit. Anyway, it's been Doctor. Homebrew, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time.